Welcome to the Hell No Podcast. En este episodio, entrevistamos a nuestro amigo Nick Corbett y nos comparte un poco de su historia as a white man living in un vecindario predominantemente latino, su amor por la comunidad latina, and the calling to be a helping hand in the middle of it all. Things also get a little wild when Beto and David try to play matchmaker after listening to Nick's sultry, fluent Spanish. This is an episode you won't want to miss. Síguenos en Instagram bajo arroba hellnopod. You can watch our live stream on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash hellnopod. And you can now stream us on Spotify when you search the Hell No Podcast under podcasts and videos. Y ahora, estás escuchando el episodio número 4 de Hell No Pod. We're sorry, you guys. It's disgusting, man. <laughs> Get a room. Hey, I like this lighting. We're about to begin in five, four, four three, three, two, one. What up? How is it today? I'm never coming back to the podcast if you do never that again. Never coming back. Soy Beto Gudiño, es un placer estar aquí con ustedes una noche más desde Orange County, California. Yeah. Con David y Tania, estamos aquí Hola. compartiendo esta noche de diciembre. Hoy es que, ¿11 o 12? El 12. ¿Es 12 día de la Virgencita? Oh, sí, cierto. 11. Oh, 11. Oh, bueno. 11. No, mañana es el okay. 12. Oh, sí, cierto. Yeah, yeah. Mañana es el día de la Virgen. Mañana, la Guadalupana. You should tell them the story of a few years ago. Bajo el tepe, Jack. A ver, David, ¿cómo estás? Cuéntanos tu historia. Oh, la historia fue que hace unos años estábamos en la casa de mi abuelita. Y mm. vive, en, vive en Santana. Y saben que Santana es como el meca de la comunidad hispana en Orange County. Es como sí, si fuera East sí. LA o como si fuera Los Ángeles. Este, entonces este, está, va, íbamos saliendo, ya nos íbamos y en eso pues llega la, ¿cómo se dice? La, la procesión o procesión. procesión. Está bien. Venían cargando a la virgen y venían cantando sus canciones, pero Tania Oh, no, oh. no sabía que era eso, yeah. no sabía que era el día de la Freaked Virgen. Me out. Entonces estaba viendo a toda la gente con velas y todo. She's like, David, open the door. Open but it the door. sounded like they were chanting something. Oh, and, my... I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, torchas. torchas. <laughs> y ahí vienen por nosotros, vienen por los cristianos. I'm like, abre la puerta. No, y David siempre se tarda para abrir las puertas. So and I'm like, freaking what? Out. And I'm like, what? And she's like, those people. And I'm like, oh, they're just like, you know, they're doing their thing. Están alabando a la gente. Ay, mira, en todos los años que he vivido en Santana, que crecí ahí, nunca había visto eso. Nunca. Wow. Me asustó. <laughs> wow, qué increíble. Yeah. Tania, cuéntanos cómo te ha ido en estos últimos días. Uh, muy bien. Tuve ya la última sesión de Navidad. Como tomo fotos y todo eso. Ah. Ya acabé. I'm done. Photography. Yes. Nice. No the more orders. Or... The Sheet Collective. Nice. Mm -hmm. All done. All done? Yes. No more kids' pictures? No more. Until next I year? I mean, I love you guys, but <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, today was a... Fue un día particularmente difícil para mí. Oh. oh. ¿Por qué? No quiero hablar de eso. Por favor, dinos. <risa> no, pues, haz de cuenta que el domingo íbamos a venir aquí a, a la iglesia a alabar a Dios mm. en la mañana. <risa> Pero hay una, una chava que nos está ayudando que es de Argentina y su hermana que acaba de venir de Argentina 
viven aquí en Santana, cerquita, pero ella toca el piano. Oh. Entonces, este, como se vienen en camión porque todavía no tienen carro, les dije, ah, pues yo voy por ustedes y ya nos vamos a la iglesia y ensayamos, ¿va? Bueno, pues fui y cuando iba llegando allá, mi carro así como que le empezó a salir humo por todos lados. Mm. Bueno, era vapor, no era humo, humo. Uh -huh. Pero pues yo en ese, ah, ching, ¿qué le pasó, no? Y ya he tenido dos, tres problemitas con mi carro. Pero la verdad, mi, mi carro ha sido una leyenda porque sí. le he hecho de todo y siempre sigue funcionando, ¿no? <risa> bueno, total que veníamos de regreso, les dije, ahorita le echamos agua al carro, va a funcionar. O es una camioneta. Sí, va a funcionar y todo. Y veníamos de regreso ya casi para llegar a, a la salida del freeway. Um, dejó de funcionar. Ya nomás aceleraba y ya no, ya no, oh, ya no, no pasaba gasolina. Y subiendo la rampa del freeway, dije, ching, creo que me voy a quedar aquí en el freeway. Yo no quería porque, pues, es más peligroso. Con el puro abuelito llegamos a la gasolinera así de afuera. Pero así exactamente y a la gasolinera que estaba ahí. Y este, después, bueno, hoy fue el mecánico a checar la camioneta. Uh -huh. Y le cambió la manguera que estaba rota y todo. Y luego me habla y me dice, no prendió. Oh, no. Ups. Y me dice, ¿puedo hacer otra, otra cosa para ver si... Me dijo, pero tengo que venir otro día y checarla. Y si hago eso y funciona, pues ya le hiciste. Dice, pero si no, lo más probable es que es el motor y pues te va a salir más caro. Entonces, pues ya no te conviene repararla. Sí. Entonces, en esas estoy así como que, ups, ya parece que ya no voy a tener carro. No. Y este, estoy terminando un video... Y es like due in a couple days, un video de una señora que cumple 50 años. Wow. Y van a ir a celebrar a cabo. Entonces tienen que tener el video listo. Sí. Y estoy así como que, ah, tengo que terminar el video. Pero pienso que sí lo voy a lograr. Mañana. mañana tú puedes. Una tú desveladita puedes. y mañana. Nice. Va a estar listo. Sí. Pero ahí estoy. Y lo más chido, bueno, lo que. The thing that kind of cheer me up, que le conté a Milly. Bueno, Milly ya sabía, obviamente, pero le dije, ¿sabes qué? El mecánico dijo que a lo mejor no sirve la camioneta. No te preocupes, que es un carro. Dios tiene algo mejor para ti. Te va a dar un carro más chido y que no sé qué, ¿no? Bueno, pues vamos a ver. No, <risa> a ver sí. si no me ven en bicicleta. I could see you biking to church and all that. Yeah. But you have kids, so you need a car. Así me los llevo en la bicicleta. Yeah. Oh, sí, cierto. One the handlebars. <risa> some, <One> pegs. <risa> some pegs. You're holding exactly. melody like this. <risa> Pero bueno, estamos muy contentos de estar aquí en, en este podcast número 4 Y el día de hoy tenemos a un invitado especial Porque yes. ya nos está gustando tener invitados especiales yeah, ¿sí no? De aquí de la comunidad yes. Exactamente Y se los voy a presentar yo porque yo ya lo conozco un poquito más Pero me gustaría que ya después ustedes empiecen a hacerle algunas preguntas Y a ver qué nos dice el muchachón Que por cierto, para los que nos están viendo en video Está muy guapo y es no. soltero. Y nice. Así. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We'll sponsor a date. First five calls. This is our plugin. This is our plugin for Match.com. But we don't judge. But we don't judge. Oh my God. We don't judge. We don't judge lifestyles. Excelente. Jesus bueno, loves pues, all. Les quiero presentar a mi amigo Nick. Corvette. Yes, What a cool last yeah, name. Yeah, that is a cool name. Such a cool last name. Nick oh, Corbett. it sounds like Corvette, but it's not. So, <laughs> no, no relation. It's just a cool name. It is. Yeah. It is. Like Very catchy. actor, maybe. Actor. Yeah. Famous person. Boy band. You know. Boy band, yeah. yeah. Can be your own brand. I <laughs> can see go. that. Yeah. Nick, cuéntanos un poquito uh, quién eres tú, cuántos años tienes, qué estás haciendo por aquí en California, de dónde eres originario. 
Let's see. I am 28 years young. Um, I feel like nice. I'm like 18 most of the time. <laughs> uh, most people still tell me I look like I'm in high school, so uh, definitely don't feel like I'm 28. I am from North Carolina originally, so moved out here to California like six years ago. Uh, graduated college, lived in Florida for a year, and then moved out to Southern California. Um, yeah, it was like 20, 2013, I think. Wow. So almost six years. Is Florida as weird as they say it is? Uh, I, I'd say, yeah, I, I was a retail rep for the company I was with at the time. Mm -hmm. So I had this a pretty big territory within the greater Tampa Bay area. And mm -hmm. I went to a lot of places where I was like, this puts North Carolina to shame. <laughs> like, These people are weird. Not all, not all of them. I love you. I love you, my Florida friends. If you're watching, you're probably not. But <laughs> Nick, hay algo aquí que que la gente tal vez no sabe, pero yo necesito que lo digas para que entonces empiecen a decir las muchachas ¡Es muy guapo! Oh ¡Y habla español! <risa> ¿Dónde aprendiste español? Pues aprendí mi español en, en Argentina, estudié en, en... Pues, che, boludo, pero... <risa> Ya me, ya me quitaron aquí toda la gente mexicana que hay, centroamericana sí. aquí. Ya me, ya me hicieron quitar mi, mi acento argentino. Porque dijeron, no, no puedes entrar a, al vecindario, a la Shalimar, al center y estar hablando así como los argentinos. Tienes que quitar eso y hablar como, como la gente de aquí. They're Spanish shaming you. Terrible. <laughs> they were. They were. They were. But it was, it was, it was, it was effy. Beto. But it was with good, good intentions. Good intention. <laughs> This was Beto. It was, it was all, all with good intentions. No, but because... I think the more you hang out with Beto, the more his accent kind of just grows on you. Yeah. Che, yeah. Sure. You did a Cuban the other day, I think. That was pretty. Yeah, that's pretty spot on. We're gonna get, we're gonna so get a bunch of hate mail from people from Argentina <laughs> and so <laughs> Cubans. <laughs> bueno, Nick, um, nos conocimos, creo que fue en Maica, verdad? Uh, yeah. Por qué no explicas un poquito a la gente? Así muy a grandes rasgos, ¿qué es Maika y tu labor ahí en, pues, en esa parte de Costa Mesa? So, Maika, I think I got connected. I started going to Rock Harbor when I first moved out here within like a couple weeks. And that was one of the kind of parachurch organizations they were partnered with, nonprofits. Um, and I've always had a heart for, well, not always, but since I was about 15 for the Latino community and just always wanted to get involved in that. And ever since, I guess, being out of college, I hadn't had a chance. So I've found out about Micah on Rock Harbor's website. Mm. And I guess I went to an info session and they had stuff with like youth and after school programs and leadership for adults. And I was like, I don't feel like I want to do any of that. And the one thing that caught my attention was an English class, like starting a class in, in the Shalimar neighborhood with some adults that had wanted it. And so finally, I was like, I'll jump into that. And so long story short, that was a little over five years ago. I don't teach the English class anymore, but I've built a lot of relationships with the families and have since um, stepped in since the previous youth director that was employed by Micah, uh, I guess, left for a different opportunity. I've stepped into... Uh, kind of a volunteer leader position for the youth program that goes on on Wednesday nights. 
Excelente. Wow. <laughs> little, it was a wild, wild ride. That's for amazing. Sure. That's I'm an impressed. amazing explanation. I'm impressed. Very impressed. Oye, me llama mucho la atención. Um, bueno, que estás envuelto en Maika. Mm -hmm. La mayoría de los chavos, porque yo también he ido ahí, pues lo, lo he visto, son latinos. Pero ¿de dónde nace esa, esa pasión por la comunidad latina? Sabemos que hablas español, mm. que viviste en Argentina, pero ¿de dónde surgió eso? En, en, no sé, en, ¿de dónde vienes tú en North Carolina? Um, yeah, seriously. So, pues mi familia no es, digamos, no, no son amantes de, de la gente latina. Pues, por, <ríe> algunos sí, como mi mamá ya, sí. ya ama la, la, oh los latinos, pero es mucho que les he, les he enseñado a ellos. Mm -hmm. Pero, digamos, entonces yo fui lo mismo. No, no es que no los amé o amaba a, a los latinos, sino como era ignorante a la cultura latina. And so my mom, when I was 15, um, I guess the small church I was at was taking a mission trip to Honduras. And my dad had already been on a trip to Mexico. And he's like, no, you guys can go on this one. So my mom wanted my brother. <laughs> pass. And, yeah. I pass on the Mexicans. Like, right, I've already been. been like, Honduras is probably the same. Like, you, you guys have fun. I have to work. Right. I'm sure he had all these excuses. So my mom kind of, uh, you know, asked my brother and I, hey, do you guys want to go? I honestly really didn't want to go. I was extremely afraid that I was going to die from some, like, crazy disease. <laughs> I mean, I was 15 at the time, so right. who knows? I had all these ideas of <laughs> yeah. Honduras and third world country or right. whatever. Um, and I was like, this is a waste of my summer. And like, I have to raise money for this. Like this, ugh, all this stuff that I have to do to go to this country that I don't know anything about. Um, so I kind of had that heart, which was definitely hardened toward just mission and, and like Latin culture and all this stuff. And, and like I said, I think it was mainly due to just ignorance of like what you don't know, you just don't know. And you know? you're 15 too. Take right. that into consideration. Yeah. You're just like summer. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I want to, this is a, one of my 10 weeks that is being taken away right. from me right now. Um, so I ended up going on the trip and no lie by like day two, God had completely transformed my heart from wow. Like, this is not this unknown people that are just weird and foreign and all this, but like, these are people just like you. They just speak a different language and might have different, you know, a different culture and different way of going about life. Mm -hmm. But they are, in my experience in Honduras, was like, these are maybe even some of the poorest people in the world that I interacted with, but some of the most hospitable and loving and inviting. And, and I think I just experienced community and rel relationships in a way that, I mean, I grew up in, in Charlotte and, you know, it's a city, but I grew up in the outskirts. So I really grew up in the woods, if you will. So I didn't have like, it's not like out here where you have neighbors, you know, within arm's reach where you can scream at them or borrow some <laughs> sugar in five seconds or, yeah. or whatever you want to do. Um, so God, I think just use that to give me a perspective of just a different way of life and, and really put in my heart this and, and clearly spoke to me because at 15, like I felt like God said, I, I'm calling you one day to minister, to like live among the, the Latin people. I always thought it would be in a different country, but, um, it's funny how kind of God yeah. works. And were the people that you visit, well, not visited that you went to go, Um, for that missions trip, were they churched people or were they? Um, a, a lot of them, yes. So mm -hmm. we, like part of the organization we went with, it was called Cristo Salva. And, okay. and they did a lot of medical ministry, but they mm -hmm. had a, a lot of really um, ongoing connections and, and like healthy connections with local churches oh, okay. in the area. So we got to visit quite a few churches. And, and I actually, on that first trip, um, met 
I was 15 at the time, met this kid that was 12. And he was just so curious about, oh, the Americans. And mm -hmm. his family lived right beside the, the clinic we worked out of and knew the kind of the leaders very well. And um, so I just even remember he would bring out his Ingles para tontos book. <laughs> and, and like, we, you know, my broken Spanish, his broken English be practicing. Like last day I got his phone number and, and when I got back would call him with like phone cards. I'm yeah. sure you guys remember that yes. before, yes. before WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, for any of you <laughs> like young kids out there, there was uh, phone, phone cards, cards yeah. <laughs> where you paid like 50 oh, cent a minute. You, you'd have to pay like there was a two hour phone call. Yeah, or three hour one, yeah it was like crazy. That. And so I kept in touch with this this family and uh probably i think total i've been there six times since wow. i was 15 so and That's three cool. of the i think yeah three of those times have been just to go stay with this family and they show wow. me around and take me to different cool places That's and, super cool yeah awesome He's like enthralled with you right now. <laughs> He's like, I didn't know all this. Wow. <laughs> what city in uh, Honduras did you guys go see? Um, we were in the Departamento de Santa Barbara okay. in the city of Macuelizo. Okay. So it's kind of on the frontera de, de Guatemala. Okay. Probably okay. like, it's funny, I actually a few years later was in Guatemala, like, you know, as the crow flies 10, 15 miles mm. from where I'd been in Honduras, which is kind of wild to think about. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. Incredibly. Incredible. Tanya, mm. would you want to ask some questions? Um, yes. So about MICA, is this like then an organization that helps solely the Latin community or is it open to a bunch of other things? I think the heart is really West side. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of it, the, the, one of the founders, I can't speak for the other, I think there were four founders, but mm. Christine Brooks, was one of the four founders. She still lives in Westside. And, mm -hmm. and she kind of, I would almost say, has a similar, she has much more of an advocacy kind of spirit and, and whatnot to her. But she, she lived in Venezuela for a few years, I think in her 20s, and came back and with some friends from, uh, from college, I think it was Vanguard, they started MICA, kind of with this heart to reach mm -hmm. the people of Westside. And I think especially in that time, you know, it's changing a lot, the demographic mm -hmm. now. But I think... West Side in that time was majority Hispanic and based on Christine's, you know, Christine's background and love for the culture. I would mm -hmm. say the probably the primary focus was that and it still continues to be that mm -hmm. um, and really just, you know, it's called ABC develop ABCD development. So asset based community development is, is kind of how they go to market, if you will. Right. Um, so it's really getting to know communities and know what they have and what you know what their skill sets are or their giftings and not coming in and saying well this is what we as outsiders think you need but let's have a conversation around what do you want wow. what does your community need what you know what does your community want to see happen and and where do, where do you see this community in 10 years and how can we come alongside and and bring you maybe resources that you know that that you've been looking for and and kind of help develop develop you as leaders in that way and within that whole, you know, the assets and all that, does that also kind of include teaching people about Jesus or about church or? It does. Yeah. So a lot of, I mean, I, I think, so Micah is part of CCDA, which is Christian Community Development Association. Okay. So as part of that, I think it's in the DNA. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the, the, 
I guess the verse of Micah is, is referring back to Micah 6, 8. Um, so really in everything they do, yes, there's, it's kind of this, this idea of, you know, you, you see in the Bible of, of Jesus doesn't just come and, you know, and, and say, Hey, I have salvation for you, Mm -hmm. even though you're sick or you're hungry or you're, you know, lacking in whatever you might you know, you might need, I'm just going to give you salvation. Like he comes and he actually many times will, will meet the physical or emotional need. And First, then yeah. that, you know, that salvation just makes so much more sense. So right. I would say Micah kind of has that heart as well of, of how can we, you know, just love the community in, in which we work. And, and while we are, you know, are helping meet needs and, and uh, just pouring into areas where, where people are broken and, and need life, how can we then speak, you know, speak the truth of Jesus into oh, that? That's really cool. Cool. Nomás quería clarificar un poquito para los que están escuchando y que tal vez, um, pues no, no saben exactamente qué es Maica. Es, es prácticamente exclusivo de aquí de Costa Mesa, ¿no? Yep. O sea, es una west organización side. en el West Side de Costa Mesa y el West Side, digamos, Costa Mesa está dividido por, no sé exactamente cómo se dividirá, pero el lado oeste de Costa Mesa, o sea, el West Side es mayormente latino y vive cuatro veces más población que en el East Side Costa Mesa, ¿no? Entonces uh, nomás para un poquito la gente que tenga mm-hmm. un poquito de contexto, sí. cuando escuchen qué es West Side yeah. y qué no, es Maica, ¿no? Es el oeste. Ah, me encanta. Yo sé que yo sé que tú vives en una calle aquí en Costa Mesa que se llama Shalimar, que es muy conocida por pues porque toda su población es básicamente latina, ¿no? Raza. De, yeah. de, de Centroamérica, de México, etcétera. ¿Qué fue lo que te motivó a, o sea, podrías haber venido y participar y envolverte con la cultura latina, pero decidiste envolverte a tal grado que vives ahí en medio de la cultura latina? Y pienso mm. que eso no lo hace cualquiera, que es mm. lo que te llamó a estar ahí. Pues era algo que le estaba contando a alguien hoy que, que ese llamado de, de ir a servir a amar a los latinos, yo siempre pensé que iba a ser en otro país. Y, y volví a Honduras como hace, creo que cuatro años, pero ya, ya estaba involucrado en Maica. Volví a Honduras, es como que Dios nació ese llamado de nuevo en mi corazón. Y, y yo empecé por mi cuenta a buscar cómo puedo salirme de aquí de California y irme a Honduras ya. Porque Dios, esto fue tu plan que tú tuviste para mi vida, que uh-huh. ir a las naciones. Y hice todo menos de, de rendir o quit, uh-huh. right? quit my job. Um, pero había dicho a toda mi familia que me voy a mudar a enseñar a, en una escuela bilingüe cristiana ahí en Honduras. Y, y fue el momento que, que fui en un martes a mi clase de inglés que había empezado ya y, y había estado como unos cinco meses, pero ya había creado unas buenas relaciones con la gente. And I went and I, I you know, I was like, this is the night I have to break the news. These are the last people before my job that I have to tell. And I went and told them like, hey, guys, love you, but. God has put this call in my heart to move to Honduras. And, mm. and they were just broken. They were mm. like, and it, it's not to kind of be prideful, but, but they were saying things like, well, no hay nadie como tú, que no, no puede ser otro maestro igual que tú, Nick. And like, and I, I kind of got this feeling that, oh, wow, maybe I had actually been re- building these great relationships with people in a place where God wanted me to be. And I, I just didn't realize it. So that 
I literally left that class that night and it was dark, so it was great, but like crying. <laughs> literally like, okay, God, I, I was about to quit my job yeah. in you know, a week's time, probably buy a plane ticket and you know, kind of say, see you later, California. And, and he totally, I think he totally changed my mindset of, A, God is with us wherever we're choosing to be obedient to him. So it's not necessarily of, of where you are. It's, it's kind of how you're responding to that calling God's life in your present moment. Um, and so after that, when I decided like, okay, God, you actually already have me in a place among Latinos and building relationships and um, just kind of investing. Why don't I see if I'm staying here and not going to Honduras? Why don't I see how I can just do that in a, you know, in a Costa Mesa setting? <laughs> and so it actually came in, you know, Christine was a lot of inspiration. She actually, so one of the co-founders of Micah, she and her husband at the time lived in the apartment that I actually live in. She connected me with my now roommate, uh, Sergio, and we were friends at the time, but she was like, hey, I think he would want to move into the neighborhood too. Um, and it, it just worked out like God literally worked everything out to where they were moving out at a certain time, gave us enough notice, we moved in. Wow. And it was kind of like this torch was being passed. So And to take it a little torn. to take it a little further, if you realize too our current climate of how life is here especially like in california we have someone from north carolina who's white <laughs> coming to a generally basically like a hundred percent um hispanic neighborhood and you know we're living in, in a little bit of a turbulent time where people of latin descent are kind of afraid to to be out and about because of you know mm -hmm. just the political climate and and to see how your story and why God made you stay. It's such a testament of like you following through, like kind of waiting on God's timing and how he yeah. just kind of brought everything back full circle. And now we're here right now talking Crazy. about it. And it's like, God has it perfectly planned out. That's awesome. David. <laughs> well, I was, well, I was going to ask because I, 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 you know, I grew up in Santa Ana, which is, just like the west it's literally yeah. the whole city is just 100 yeah. percent hispanic right did you read did you get any backlash moving in in a neighborhood like that because knowing me as a kid if from my family no just from general? like the families because you know like knowing me as a kid este in, in the yeah exactly in my neighborhood if i'm like what the heck i was like if yeah. i would have seen something you know like a white person moving i would have been like well, that's weird like hey, what are you guys what are you doing here and like i would have yeah. been like what are you you know i would have been cool but i'm like what are you doing here did you get any type of backlash or anybody kind of like what the heck like what are Weird you doing looks. here or I, I think at first i probably got some of those looks but i think the and I, and I would even say that if I were to move just on my own, no relationships to Santa Ana or yeah. another Hispanic neighborhood, even in Costa Mesa, mm -hmm. I think it would be much different. But it's the relationships that I had with people within Micah, mm -hmm. you know, because they've been around 14 plus years, I think. And yeah. um, Effie, who's somebody who's worked at Micah for years, kind of like, a you know, an adopted mom now. Mm -hmm. um, she just did a really good job at, you know, as as kind of she saw not just a potential as a volunteer, but like as somebody that could be part of this community. Yeah. She did really well at like, Hey, let's go do a home visit with this family. Yeah, I mean, okay, way before yeah. I lived there, wow. let's, you know, so I want you to, I want you, you to meet yeah. this mom or these kids or, yeah. you know, get more involved in this way. And in this specific, you know, in the Shalimar community. So 
by the time I moved in and I think because of Christine being able to also vouch for me, yeah. you know, and, and people associated us together and have just really fond feelings about her and, you know, the work she's been part of. It just made it, it, it was almost seamless. And, right. you know, day one, literally my roommate and I had one of our neighbors, uh, Rocio and Mario send us like food that's so yeah. cool you know like oh here's your here's your welcome dinner i'm like yep. yes that's so cool yep, send more please anytime anytime you want if you're listening if you're listening i accept food at any time so of cool. day that's your love language that is my love language <laughs> so cool did, did you ever get any pushback from or you know from from family or because mm. you said you know your mom and your dad weren't like so sure about the latino you know outreach or whatever did they ever like tell you hey man what are you doing or anything like like that well at first i think they were like <laughs> you're moving into the ghetto like what are you doing <laughs> i'm like no I, i promise i've i've been there it's it's fine like i'm not i'm gonna be all right it's <laughs> it, it's, it's it's safe enough to the standards yeah. that i feel safe and you know yeah. safety is sometimes relative you know some people need you know, guardrails all around them to feel safe. But um, I just felt, and I still do feel much more known, which I think in a community, if you're known, yeah. you probably yeah. feel safer because yeah. you have a lot more people yeah. kind of pendiente de ti. Mm -hmm. um, Ooh. <laughs> I, can't yes. think of, I can't think of the right word in English. So <laughs> that's, that's, a very, awesome. <laughs> that's a very Hispanic thing to right? say. Pendiente. Yes, I it. But yeah, Family, I'd, I mean, I'd say ever since I was 15 and would voice like, oh, I feel called by God to, yeah. you know, to the Latin people and all of this. Like most of my family looked at me like I had three heads, yeah. uh, <laughs> except for my mom. I would love you, mom, if you're watching. Um, just really was always, always very supportive and encouraging. And she even before I could drive would we found a Latin church through people we knew that pastored there. And so That's I was cool. going to a Latin cool. church at like. 15 16 cool. um and i think now for the most part it's more of i'd say most family is a lot of my family has come and they've seen the neighborhood or interacted with yeah. a lot of the family so i think little by little uh, you know especially like probably my dad or aunt and uncle like they're seeing just a a, a different perspective of latin culture and and just how warm and welcoming people can be um But yeah, I think it's more of, they probably just have more of like a tolerance. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like most people, most people don't ask me about my neighborhood anymore. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, you've been there three and a half years. So you're what good. could be new? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and do you think that has, or at least the perception of it, like ghetto or whatever from your upbringing in North Carolina, is it like different growing up there than it is to growing up here? Yeah. I mean, North Carolina, I mean, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of it too is, I don't know. You just when, especially if you grow out, grow up in the country, mm -hmm. yeah. you're just used to, we live on our own land and, you know, we can talk to our neighbors if we want to. So like, it's kind of this isolationism a lot of times that mm -hmm. makes you f have this perceived safety. Right. Um, and a lot of things that me personally, like I, I love going back home, but I almost feel more lonely when I go back home because mm -hmm. I feel like 
I'm just so isolated from people. Mm-hmm. I don't have neighbors beside me that if I walk down the street, I get to have a five minute conversation with, mm-hmm. or, you know, kids that pop in to, you know, to say, Hey, and like, Hey, what's up after school or something like that. So it's definitely, I think just all to do with probably more of how my family has been raised and what they've known to be kind of what a neighborhood or what, you know, that should look like. Right. And, and so I, th- I think all of life is about breaking down perceptions of mm-hmm. whether they're true or not and, and just bringing people into, well, this is reality. So experience it yourself, make your own judgment. Don't necessarily come up with your idea just by a drive-by, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Increíble. ¿Cómo, cómo sientes tú ahorita la... Viviste en... Bueno, estuviste en Honduras y... Por ejemplo, ahorita pues hay, si has escuchado de la caravana que venía de Centroamérica yeah. y todo eso, ¿qué sentimientos produce dentro de ti todo esto de inmigrantes que quieren venir, que están en la frontera, que, que no pueden entrar, que sí pueden entrar, que se les pueda dar asilo político, que hay gente que nomás los quiere mandar para atrás? Este, no sé, ¿cuál es, cuál es tu sentimiento, tu visión, tu anhelo, lo que te gustaría ver? Mm. That's a, that's a good question. A and, question. And I think sometimes, like, I, I still have to probably, like, I, I would consider myself politically moderate, coming from very conservative roots. So mm-hmm. I would say I, I sometimes have to pull myself out of conservative roots. And, you know, because I still hear a lot of stuff from family. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of put myself back into this, like, well, biblically, based on like if 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 my nation and my home and and my longing for you know just everything i want in life is based on god and his kingdom then how would i look at you know kind of the political environment with immigration and all of that and 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 i think there it's it's twofold yes there you know there 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 is part of the legality and non-legality of immigration but i think a lot of that is very flawed from a political standpoint and there right. needs to be you know some sort of of reform around that because it it can get a little crazy how long you know for people even who do it the right way mm-hmm. from the get-go how how it can take years and years and years before anybody can have kind of this legal status in this country and and i think even more so when i when you just like look at the humanity of of people like i've been in Honduras I've seen literally people that like live in dumps that like kids are walking around in you know in like sewage infested uh you know shacks that are built with just scrap materials and you know made out of mud and sticks and 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 it's just it's this country is filled with so many amazing people and and same with I'd say all of you know really central America, Mexico, that area. Um, and just people that, I mean, they're just trying to survive as much as, as much as we all are. And I think a lot of times most people in this country don't because they haven't been and seen kind of just this drastic difference of how people live and not just necessarily poverty, but I've heard stories from my friend in Honduras of, of, Oh, he had uncles that they looked alike and one was a politician, one wasn't. And guess what? The one who wasn't accidentally got killed yeah. by the, you know, gangs and stuff because they thought he was the other brother and then the other brother got killed. And you just hear of all this stuff and and just uncertainty with life and and you kind of put your if you put yourself in your in those shoes you're like, would I want to leave 
if if I were in a pocket of that country that was extremely unsafe, would I want to leave and and go to this country that yeah, it's not perfect. It's not going to be this you know American dream for everybody, but probably it's going to be a better situation than you know where a lot of these people are coming from. Mm-hmm. So I think I think what the, our country needs to do is is like put aside politics and just look at the humanity mm-hmm. piece of it all and yeah. and and just realize and and if if people haven't gone to these countries like just do some research like yeah look at you know just look at statistics and i mean in the world of internet where you can look up pictures like look up pictures of like real life there's organizations world vision you know whoever it is and and find information on what is life actually like in these countries because i think when people realize that then they kind of come to the understanding of like, well, I can't blame these people for doing that same exact thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> We're all like jaw dropped. That's crazy. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a hard environment to live because there's, there's just so much. So this country is so driven on your own opinion and it's all about like, well, I want to be right on my opinion versus, well, let me let me listen, and then maybe we can come to <laughs> some sort of like mutual agreement together yeah. of, you know, under this kind of unification of humanity <laughs> and just loving loving your neighbor, whether mm-hmm. it's your neighbor here or you know from another country. Yes. Yeah. You wanted to follow up? No, you're good. Yep. <laughs> David, any questions? Well, no, I, I, I really like what you, what you're saying, and it's, it's, it's really refreshing. Because, I mean, from, you come from a, a region in the country that sure. historically, you know, loving your neighbor's always been kind of a, you know, more of a word thing than actually yeah. doing it. Oh, you yeah. know? And, uh, and so it's pretty, it's really awesome that you're obviously, you know, really involved with the Hispanic community because. I'm sure that, you know, from where you come from, that would probably trip a lot of people out. They would never even guess yeah. that, like, hey, I'm going to go work in a completely Hispanic neighborhood, you know, and in and, and this community that's touched yeah. you so much. So, you know, it's 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 awesome to see that. And it's awesome where, where God's called you. And it's yeah. and it's and it's also cool to see that, you know, again, it's a reminder of God doesn't see color, doesn't see yeah. anything. He just literally sees hearts and he sees people and he sees people that are in need, you know, and. And whether you're, you know, wherever you come from, you know, God's going to send you wherever he needs to send you. So, um, but does that trip you out? You know, the, the fact that you grew <laughs> up in a, again, in a, in a, in a region of the country that is obviously, we all know what it's historically known for, you yep. know, but does it trip you out to, to, because I'm, it's, it's funny. It's, we're both in the United States, but there couldn't be two more different regions oh, of, yeah. of the country than the American South and Southern California. Yep. It's completely two different state of minds people you know uh, one's more conservative than the other you know does that trip you out that what you're doing now you know yeah it trips <laughs> me out quite honestly and and i mean to give i yeah. guess north carolina a little more credit of yeah yes the region i think is staunchly conservative unfortunately and, and, and yeah. in a lot of ways stuck yeah. in its ways especially when it comes to I don't even want to call it immigration, but I just want to say and like welcoming all people of, you know, of all colors. And, um, but I would say the, the, the key denominator in, in all of it of anywhere you see somebody that 
I mean, really, and it, it doesn't even have to be living in a neighborhood cross-culturally, or mm -hmm. it could be something crazy you're doing in your workplace or mm -hmm. things like that. Anywhere God is calling people to move in a radical way is, is like God is that ultimate denominator. And, yeah. and I would say that, you know, it, it's encouraging for me because even, you know, I, I know a girl from college that um, lives in Durham and she and her husband, and they went to the same church I went to in college, which kind of formed a lot of this mm -hmm. ideology in me. But they live in a mostly African and American neighborhood. And like, I see pictures of them with like five or six, you know, African American kids that are hanging out at their house <laughs> yeah. that they're like mentoring and loving. And, awesome. and so it's, you know, and I have a friend and his wife that, um, after college moved and became missionaries in, in, uh, I guess East Asia. And wow. so just kind of wild when, you know, there's people over here when you, when you see that, even if you come from the most like deep rooted conservative, whatever it might be background mm -hmm. or the most liberal or whatever it might be. Um, if, if, if people open up their hearts to God and, and really like listen to what he's speaking to them, like God can do anything radical in anybody's life. You know, he can, yeah. he can transform the, the worst of sinners, like Paul says, into people who are devout and proclaiming the name of Jesus and, and doing it wherever God calls them. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm still shocked. Like when I, <laughs> when I think of like, Oh, I grew up, I mean, most people see it. They're like, you're, you're a country boy and you speak Spanish. Like what? <laughs> like, how did that happen? That's cool. That's awesome. Well, I don't know if you guys read today. Um, uh, last year, um, a girl was killed. I in read a today last year. I read today <laughs> that last year. <laughs> That last year, a girl got um, killed at one of the protests, the, the white supremacist mm. rally, and oh, they yeah. sentenced the guy who who ran over her um, with 419 years in prison, and I think like two extra lifetimes um, sentencing. So, what do you guys, you know, obviously we're taught to forgive and to. Um, pray for people who do these kinds of things, but there's people who are suffering because of mm -hmm. these acts. So how do we as believers kind of teach others like about forgiveness in those kinds of instances? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, which one are you looking at? Bethel anyway. or me or David? <laughs> well, I mean... If there's a question, I mean, I guess we'd have to look at Paul, for example. Paul was a guy who was basically like this religious type of terrorist type of yeah. guy. He was terrorizing people. He was sending people to their deaths, you know. And and uh, I'm sure that when he got converted, a lot of Christian people at the time were like, I don't know. Like, you know, and yet he wrote all these, you know, letters. And he's basically like the greatest, you know, apostle of all time. Mm -hmm. And he's obviously influenced Christianity, so... You know, justice, there always has to be justice. You know, God's a God of justice and justice, justice will always, you know, God will always make a way for it. But, you know, I think it's as a Christian, it's always our duty just to, to, to forgive, not to judge people. And I know that's yeah. hard. Easier said than done. Yes. And especially for the family of this of this young lady who who tragically and really senselessly got killed. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think if, if Paul can... If Paul can do it, we can do it. If Paul can do it and he can be forgiven, you know, of all those things, you know, that he, he did. And, and it's a good tagline, bro. If Paul can do it. If Paul can, can do, do it, it, we can do it. Well, no, and this guy was openly, like, he would openly tell people, like, hey, you know, I this, I, this is who I was and who I used to be and now I'm changed. So, yeah. I mean, Yo que lo, lo, lo difícil de, de perdonar en esa situación cuando vienes de, 
pues, un crimen de odio, uh -huh. un crimen racial, es que yo pienso que a cualquier persona se le hace más difícil perdonar la ignorancia uh -huh. de otra persona. Sí. ¿No? Porque puedes, no sé, como que si... <risa> Puedes, si entendieras los razonamientos de los demás, o estuvieran como que en su derecho, en su, ¿cómo te diré? If they were right in their thinking, then maybe it would be easier, right? But since you know they're, they're obviously ignorant and wrong in their belief, right? right. That's the hardest part to forgive. Yeah. Porque entonces estás pensando, ¿cómo voy a... O sea, lo que quiero es que es, le den lo que se merece, ¿no? Y es bien difícil, y por eso, por ejemplo, cuando está Jesucristo en la cruz y dice las palabras como perdónalos porque no saben lo que hacen, es básicamente esa misma situación, ¿no? Yeah. Es, es gente que está haciendo Uno, un, un crimen de odio. Un acto de odio y uh -huh. totalmente ignorante. O sea, ellos saben lo que están haciendo, uh -huh. pero ignorante de, del amor, ignorante uh -huh. del respeto, ignorante de... Del, no sé, la esperanza, del el perdón, o sea, están completamente ignorantes a esto y a veces la única manera en que pueden salir de esa ignorancia es a través del perdón. Sí. Because if they don't know forgiveness, they will, they won't come out of their ignorance because only forgiveness can bring yeah. them out of And it. yeah, that, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult conversation to have even just, you know, thinking about the night that Donald Trump got elected. I, I had to run an errand and on my way back home, I got stopped by two cars and one had the Confederate flag and another one had the American flag on it. And, you know, I was kind of like, okay, but they stopped me. They cornered me and they're wait, like, wait, wait, a ver otra vez. Había dos carros, como? Dos carros. Y se me atravesaron los dos, one in front of the car and one behind me. One had the Confederate flag and another car had the American flag. And, the, you know, I was kind of like, what's going on? And um, the guy, standoff, yeah, it? literally, they stopped me and they're like, you know, go back to your country. And I was like, what the heck is going on? You know, and when you, mm. I mean, that's, that's nothing compared. Which is your country, by the way? Yo soy salvadoreña. Ah. So. Did you go back? Go back where? No, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I'm, She's like, I'm okay. Right. I was just curious. Tanya was like, okay. okay. She just can't go back. She flew out for the podcast. They told me to go back to my country and I went. So I went. So I went. <laughs> No, but that's so then crazy. What? You know what, though? It, what? it made me laugh afterwards because I'm like, well, this is my country. I'm yeah. Salvadorian-American. I'm first generation. My parents came here from um, the war in El Salvador uh, like years ago, you know, escaping the violence, escaping, you know, all the mayhem that was going on. And, you know, this is my country. This is home for me. Mm -hmm. So for people to kind of do that, it kind of like shocks, it like kind of shook me. And I was like... You know, this is nothing compared to what so many people around the, uh, around our country are going through. And it is hard to kind of like sit back and think like, oh, well, I'm going to forgive them. You know, it is easier said than done. But yeah, we need to look back to Jesus and kind of like, you know, Lord, help me because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, he forgave. What was it? When Jesus was crucified, he mm -hmm. forgave the guy that was next yeah. to him who was a criminal. Yeah. You know, and he forgave him, told him, hey, today you're going to be in paradise with me. So yeah. I made a place for you. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, it's pretty crazy. Well, just a few years before what happened uh, last year, uh, was that young guy that went into the church and and, and this African American church yeah. and he shot people in South yeah. Carolina. In South Carolina, and they forgave him at the trial. Yeah. They forgave yeah. him. They even welcomed him back. And I'm like, Jesus, to <laughs> to to even I, you know what I mean? It's like 
these people lost so much mm. it's such a tragedy and to look that guy in the face and be like hey we forgive you you're even welcome here you know it's that's wild wow you're just like wow that's like putting skin on jesus literally it's yep. like you know it's it bog- it boggled my mind when i heard that because i'm like not a lot of people would do that and that's that's like but that's jesus that's what jesus would want us to do as hard as that is it's as illogical sometimes as that is it's like well no that's that's the whole logic of the gospel mm. like you know we're all sinners we all at one point or another preach do, it bro come on dumb things in our lives and somebody Jesus watching like, right now that needs to hear so. that put your hand on the screen right now Beto's gonna pray for you put your hand on your phone but no it, it's a I think it's a that's a really good question thanks <laughs> have you ever encountered uh, Nick any anything like that you know I've like like Tanya just shared her experience I've had a few experiences here in Costa Mesa Along those lines, mm. you know, kind of like I would be speaking Spanish and then people would be like, hey, we're in America, you know, speak English mm. and why don't you go back and things like that. Have you ever witnessed anything like that, like within the the Hispanic community where you live or people coming up to you and saying, hey, you know, I went through this and you know, they, they told me this and they kind of trust you to tell you that? Yeah, I don't think I've witnessed it firsthand um but i've definitely heard stories and and even from people i'm closest with that are latinos and i'm always like are what Mm. like because i think there there is like for me there's this belief that oh i live in california and people are people are much more inclusive and and but i've i've come to understand like even in or i mean maybe less in la County, but Orange County still has a lot of very conservative roots. <laughs> and honestly, yes. I, sometimes I feel like I'm I'm in North Carolina mm-hmm. because of, you know, I mean, to be honest, the white culture here versus the white culture. Like I see a lot of similarities in how I mean, even a lot of Christians will talk about yeah. immigration or just different topics that I'm like, that's totally an American way of talking about things, not like a Christian God centered way of talking about things. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times there's probably even believers that are the ones that are kind of carrying out these, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's not like the stories I've heard. It's not that it's like this hateful, like demeaning thing, but it's just something like this person's Latino. And so I'm going to do something because I don't, I don't like their people to make them uncomfortable or, yeah. you know, or incommodate and in, incommodarles, mm-hmm. you know, what's the word in English? I don't know. To <laughs> kind of, yeah, I, I can't think of it, no, but you know, to, to put them Probably in a situation. Incommodate. Uh, yeah, there's a different one, but that's good enough for now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I, I've heard stories and I'm, I think I'm always just taken aback because it, it, it just comes back to like, wow, I guess there's, you know, there's really people, like that all over the country but on the flip side you know looking at the positive there's there's also people you know i remember it was uh i think it was a documentary that i saw on on daca and it was an older gentleman literally older than probably my my grandparents that was like this devout advocate for latinos in Mm -hmm. nashville Tennessee, wow. you know, like, and I, I remember That's seeing bold. this dude on a documentary. I'm like almost in tears because of thinking, wow. So there are people, you know, from where I'm from that, that 
kind of are being this active voice for, yeah. you know, for the Latino Absolutely. community or just immigrant community in general. So mm-hmm. it's definitely, it, 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 it opens my eyes when I hear those stories. And, and I think it helps me just become more aware of, of kind of like um, what you were talking about, Tanya, of, of even understanding stuff as simple of, of people right after the election were scared to go to El Super or mm-hmm. Northgate or certain supermarkets because they heard, well, ICE is going to be there. Or, and, and we heard it. I mean, I, I call, actually call in those supermarkets for work and I heard kind of news from them of like, we've lost store, you know, foot traffic because of this. And wow. so when you kind of realize some of these things that as like, on, as a white American, I'm, I'm probably never going to experience something like that in this country. So for me, it's, it's good to always hear those stories because it brings me back to like being able to just understand kind of the, for lack of better words, the, the plight of the immigrant, you know? And do you believe, you know, it's been thrown around so much. Do you believe there is a white privilege? Yes. (laughs) It's, it's like, that's, it's, it's definitely a hard thing to admit and i'm sure like if if i mean if i were to go to another country where white is the minority i i don't think that would but in this country yes i absolutely think um and somebody i was talking to today we were talking about genocides and Mm -hmm. and she had this just very interesting thought of why is it that the holocaust is this just this genocide that in this country we just focus so much on. And yes, it was devastating. Yeah. But a coworker of mine told me the other day that, oh, there was this crazy genocide in the 80s in Cambodia. And, yeah, you know, the genocides genocide. of, yeah, of Armenian genocide Armenian or, or genocide. Rwanda or all these yeah. places that I think because we, we do just kind of glorify the white man or white woman as these are the most important people. Mm-hmm. So we focus even historically on those people that have been affected around the world. And mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. something that definitely people need to, to start to mold and shape in a new way. And, and honestly, it just comes back to having that, that humanity is the common denominator of, of yeah. like, we're all like, we might all look different, but you know, we, we're all, we all have hearts and, and minds and, and dreams and aspirations and, and people we love and care about. And so why can't we just put those barriers down and, and treat people as, as if they are our equals, you know, yeah. as God commanded, as God created it to be. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Más o menos como que lo comparas o lo, lo pones en el, mismo, en el mismo lugar de malo, ¿no? O sea, si eres conservador, es malo, and then the opposite is good, yeah, or the welcoming side is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, the, that's how I kind of like feel you're saying it. But I'm sure a lot of these conservative people are probably, I mean, maybe they're just ignorant, like you said, you know, to the Latino community and how they live and and how welcoming they could be and things like that. But what would be your, how would you approach, you know, somebody like that? And how would you invite them to be open to, to this idea that, you know, maybe people are people and they can be fine. I think 
And to, to your point, yeah, I think conservative often, especially in California, just like mm-hmm. if you're in North Carolina, California is this far left liberal, <laughs> like you're just, you're just going to become a hippie and like, you know, whatever and become a, a liberal Californian <laughs> is kind of what I would hear from my family. So on the flip side, I think there's, you know, a perception that conservatives are like, they're all this one way. And I, I you know, it's, it's a, it's a broad array of, of yeah. beliefs, whether it's fiscal or political or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or immigration or moral or things like that. But I do think for that person that is like this diehard Confederate flag, toting conservative that like, this is America. We only speak English. And, you know, if you're not from here, go back to your own country. Hey, that's just probably a hard person to have a conversation with in general. But mm-hmm. I think the key is, you know, with those people that, you know, even other listeners might have relationships with that, that are connected with the Latino community or another immigrant community, the key is just inviting people in um, to relationship. And that's what I think has, has helped with, not that my family has has all this. They don't they don't have all this hatred, and, but there's just this ignorance of like we don't know enough about these people that, yeah. like they you know when you don't know a lot about people, there's this distance and right. you you don't trust and you just because of ignorance. You're and, unfamiliar. And, yeah. yeah, and and so I think even for me, like the more I've gotten to know Latin people or or really any people from a different culture or ethnicity, the more that my walls break down of like. Oh, this like I see the commonalities of myself and this person, and um, and so I think that's the key is inviting people in wherever you can, and and that's like the beauty of of like Micah and in, in West Side is is there's always you know for anybody connected in Micah there's always this opportunity of like hey like come to come to this event or you know we're gonna do a dinner with a local you know family so why don't we get a family from east side that's probably an anglo family that is just curious and mm-hmm. have them get together and have dinner together once a month and and it just breaks down those barriers and you know and allows people to build relationships and get to know one another stronger communities yeah. from a personal standpoint versus getting to know a group of people based on what Fox News or CNN or, you know, or (laughs) some media source that's probably biased in some ways, Mm -hmm. you know, spewing out. Thank you, bro. Yeah. (laughs) I have a burning question. Oh, well, uh, Nancy's salon. (laughs) (laughs) They do a great job. Surprisingly, I remember the first time I looked that place up, I'm like, salon. That means that it's like 95% women Mm -hmm. getting their hair cut. Um, and I went, I don't think to this day I've ever seen a woman in there. So Nancy's, really? Nancy's salon for men. Um, <laughs> and, and all of the peluqueras are Latinas. So they're always like, ¿Qué haces hablando español? Ay, bueno. There was only one lady yesterday. So no, no fights yesterday. Aww. But, but usually, usually, yes. You were all for her. All her. They already have a reserve seat for you. Yeah, seriously. A ver, güerito, and... I can get an extra neck. I'm gonna use neck. the buzzer. They got the extra the neck extra nice for me. He has the hot towel treatment. Yeah. Hot towel treatment. How you liking that? She takes extra longer. Oh, here, hold on. Let me, let me cut a little behind your ear. Okay, you're making it weird. He's really getting into this. Beto's a man of Excellent. many, many different Yo pienso que, bueno, 
las relaciones, ¿cómo se llama? No, las inter... ¿cómo se llama? Inter... Interracial. Interracial relationships. Uh -huh. Interracial relationships, right? No, I don't know where this is going. No, wait, I, I wait. It's about to get good. Worst case scenario. I want to see this. What? Worst case scenario. Okay. Ignorant people just miss on maybe the love of their lives. Oh, okay. Uh, That's all I was going to say. Sí. Uh, right. Muy bien. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, where'd you get your UGG boots, dude? Like for guys, like Beto's wearing like man UGGs. Yeah, I don't remember. Man UGGs, right there. Beto is the American dreamer here. Mili me da ropa y yo me la pongo. O no me la pongo. Mili's Beto's wife, for those of you guys listening, and she dresses Beto. She does a real good job. ¿Me viste o a veces no me viste? O te desviste. También. <risa> Pero bueno, un día les podemos dar unas, unas pláticas de... Oh, my God. ¿Ok? Ok. Este podcast no es de eso, brother. Yes. Bueno, muchísimas gracias, Nick, por haber compartido aquí con nosotros. Yes, thank you very much. Queremos invitar a todas las mujeres a que vean el video en Facebook. Vayan a Hell No Pod. Que chequen ahí a Nick, que nos manden mensajes si quieren saber más de él, si quieren saber su dirección I'm ahí en so la Shalima. So We're play the dating game. <laughs> Ellos van a pagar por las primeras cinco citas. <laughs> Sponsored by Hell No Podcast. <laughs> sin <laughs> sin límite también. Oh no hay límite. We're no going to have no, a special no. Valentine's... Uh, bueno, primero, we're going to sponsor tacos from what's that place here? And 90 and the. Glorias. Uh, oh, el Toro Bravo. El Toro Bravo. Oye, pero se nos Bravo. olvidó preguntarle desde el principio. Oh, ¿O si le preguntamos? No. Si estabas disponible. ¿Cómo disponible? Like soltero. Explicar. ¿Where yes. are you? ¿Or like are you in a current Dijo relationship? Dijo que sí. Está disponible. He's single. You're single. I am single. And ready to mingle. But are you ready to mingle? <laughs> okay. No. You could be single, but maybe not ready to mingle. Are you ready to mingle? If it's the right one. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Requisitos. A ver, dinos los requisitos para la gente que nos está viendo. I'm so sorry, oh, wow. guys. Um, <laughs> you do not need to answer. This is so awkward. You know, we don't just consider no, all of them. You never know what's going to come out of this. Um, <laughs> but let's see. Requisitos. First is that she loves Jesus. Ooh. And not just like, oh, I go to church on Sundays. But, you know, you can just tell by the way she lives and right. loves people like actually loves Jesus. Nice. Um, a negotiable... If she's conservative, would she be <laughs> part of that? Or... <laughs> conservative, <depends>. liberal. <laughs> it depends. Um, <laughs> the the, the semi-negotiable that I've always battled with of like, I used to think like, ah, I just want to marry a Latina. And then more recently, I'm like, well... Now that you got to know them. <laughs> now that you got oh, to know well, Latino maybe, women. Now that I live among them. Maybe, <laughs> me? maybe, maybe a non-Latina that just loves the Latin community. So I'm kind of... Uh, what I'm is still... wrong with the Latina, first of no, all? I don't know. Yeah. I think... Let's just say they're very passionate. They're very passionate women. Let's just say they're very passionate women. No, you know, you know, they say like you don't know what you want until you, yeah, until you got it. So careful with the Hispanic women, though. I don't know what you're talking about right now, David. Because no, no, más que le gusta viajar, pero que le gusta. The camping, hiking. Sí, como camping, hiking, que Vigilias. le gusta. 
Que le, you know. <risa> que le gusta conocer otras culturas y, y como no nada más ir a pasear, sino como involucrarse en... Chofares. En... Mira, yo te recomiendo una latina. <risa> ¿Por qué? Oh, wow, ya estamos... Ya estamos haciendo... Ya haciendo nos fuimos de... Pros and cons of dating a latina. Pros and cons of matrimoniales. Both are married to latinas, so please, pros. There should be no cons. Okay? No cottons? No cons. No cons. <risa> Oh, okay. There's no cons. Okay. Okay. Go, Beto. Me? You're yeah. older, so you start. What's your course. What's your pro? Oh. No, I just want to know. He's five. He's <laughs> no, oh, you five. Got... five. Or, or three or whatever okay. many before okay. I move on. <laughs> Everything about dating. Okay, so dating Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. Adventurous. Okay. Um, I think driven in mm -hmm. whatever way. Nice. I mean, even if, even that, if that means to be a homemaker that she like has this desire to do that well right personally i think it's like i'm i'm gonna find a woman that kind of has not necessarily a career but something she's passionate about that she does that is her nice. kind of work right um so that's three four uh, four let's see humor is always good humor and like being i'm i'm like semi reserved when you first meet me um so somebody that can pull me out of my shell a lot of times, like if I'm with, if I'm around somebody that's a lot quieter, it's hard for me to yeah. be more of you know Nick. <laughs> um, Hispanic girls will definitely pull you out. Of your yeah, shirt. that's true. They're like, right. man, I loud, and I'm like, I don't. I have two left feet, and my hips don't shake, so I think I have some problems. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Se puede ser un problema, eh, yeah. matrimonio. No, I I do dance to Latin music though. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I will nice. get down. I went nice. to a wedding in Costa Rica like three years sonidito? ago. And yeah. It was great. It's, it's um, <laughs> did you know who? Uh, ¿Cómo se llama? Piri Piri Bam Bam. Selena. Selena. Who Selena is? I do. That's my girl. Okay. I love her. You got You're approved for Latina. Approved. Approved. Thank um, you. <laughs> number five. Oh, probably not set on living in the same place forever it's mm. like while i love and i'm rooted here in california I, I can imagine 10 years from now or whatever that might be if if you know if kind of god puts that heart on me to go to another nation that like that that needs to be something that open to maybe is she already is open to yeah mm -hmm. very cool ¿Quieres que oremos por eso? No. Ya oramos después. Yeah, we'll bring out the, the holy water and all that. All of you if you can pray as well. Um. Let's intercede. Yes. Lay hands on Jesus' phone. Bueno, pues ya Nick nos comentó todas sus historias, sus requisitos mm -hmm. para las mujeres que quieran acercarse a él. ¿Alguien tiene alguna pregunta más antes terrible. de despedirnos? No, no, that sounds like... Nick is actually really nice. Así, This is Beto just being Beto. All right, ladies, who I'm needs sure their papers? I'm sure there's a lot, a lot more. Oh, who needs their... Who needs their... Who needs their green card? Wow, David. Oh, only only, only for true love. love. Only for true love. That's only it. for true I love. Actually, I hey, actually... Yo conozco a unas que... La esposa de Paul. Que... Pues hizo eso. I actually know a... Uh, a girl from another country in North America that shocked me that I'm not even going to say from where I know her so people don't realize but mm -hmm. pero ella ella me pidió un, un día me, me dijo Nick me casarías or casaría te casarías conmigo nada más por para para que yo podría agarrar mis pa, mis papeles 
Y le dije, pues sí, estás bien bonita y todo. Y, 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 Ahí y, estaba la oportunidad. Y, y eres muy buena persona, pero si no tengo ese amor por ti, no. No, sorry. Mm. <risa> Aunque me pagarías 10 mil dólares, like, sorry. Uh, Tienes que cool. buscar otro chavo. Ya ven, muchachas, es, es digno de amor. <risa> a mí se me hacía bien la oferta, eh. Pero bueno, yeah. Yeah. Beto vuelve en la sala. A ver, vamos. If I would have been born here, somebody gives me that option. I'd be like, you give me 10,000. We start a new life. Beto. Very good. You hear that, Millie? No. Me escuchas, Millie. No es cierto, me casé con Millie por puritito amor porque los dos estamos. Sin papeles. <risa> We're in a process. We're in a process. Ya, tonte de la No pasa nada. No, sí, cierto. Ok. Bueno, muchas gracias, Nick, por estar con nosotros ahora. Thank you. Pues gracias a ustedes. Ya, yeah, thank Fue you. Fue un placer. Excelente. Excelente. Bueno, ¿Mm? ¿por qué no nos despides, Tania? Le dices a la gente cómo puede encontrarnos. Ok, we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hellnopod. We're also on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash hellnopod. And big news, everyone. We're finally on Spotify. Yeah! As of this week, baby. We're on Spotify. So um, if yes. you search for Hell No Podcast uh, under podcasts and videos, you'll find us like within the first few rows. No se confundan con el otro que dice, oh, hell no. Sí, ese no es. Ya lo escuché, me dio miedo. We're under the occult, we're under a cult podcast and spiritual. We're under, never mind. So yeah, we're on Spotify, guys. Thank you. Um, please follow us there. Uh, follow us on Instagram. You know, there's a new algorithm. So the more you like and the more you comment on our posts, the more we get out there. So awesome. I think it's yeah. also. Um, Good if they like give reviews on yes. like what's it called iTunes on iTunes, it? iTunes something yes on iTunes right. you can do reviews you can leave a review on Yelp if you want no to. you can't just do that one I'm just but you, <laughs> can, <laughs> you can also do a review on Facebook we already have our five out of five so that's good wow I don't know who put it but that's cool who's <laughs> Millie it was probably me <laughs> Millie no les digo Millie no cree en la tecnología de puro de puro milagro escuchó el podcast pasado Ay, mira, qué chido. she's gonna listen to this she's gonna yeah. be sí. like Beto oh, she watches on YouTube she watches on YouTube but she doesn't have Spotify she's not iTunes not anything that's like okay that. yeah so that's how you can find us cool yeah thank you tania all right guys thank you Gracias we have estado. one more podcast before the year ends Ooh. it's our it's gonna be our christmas or i'm sorry i have to be politically correct our holiday edition <laughs> <laughs> no christ in christmas no christ in christmas starbucks now i the... know <laughs> disneyland yeah so yeah tune in for that hey, we're gonna come all dressed up then. hell yeah i can <laughs> Is it politically incorrect? No, it is correct because I said so. Okay. okay. So yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Any last words? See you guys later. Yeah. All right. All right. Peace out. Over and See out. Ya. Bye, guys. Bye. Yeah.